Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 237. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Have you ever have you ever gone to karaoke? Nah. Nope. I never have either until last night. Okay. I went to an authentic Korean karaoke place. Alright. And like we we had to reserve a room. Like it the, the, it's private rooms. So like you I was with five other people and you get a room and you go in and there's like a big screen and you get this there's like these books and you just pick the songs and there's like this remote thing that you put in. And you know, I was thinking, God, this is a nightmare. The only reason I went is because it was it was my friend's birthday. And that's where his girlfriend wanted to take him. So we went out to this really nice Korean restaurant. And then we went to this uh, karaoke place. And I was just really uncomfortable. Didn't like the situation. But it, it turned out to be pretty fun. I had a really good time, actually. What did, so, you, what did you sing? Did you sing anything? I was just dumb. I, I let them pick everything. Like I didn't pick. I was like, you know what? These I'll let these kids pick whatever they want. So they picked like dumb shit, but uh, who I did I did sing Africa by Toto. Of course. Nice, nice. And it's really the best part. The best part about the whole thing was the music's playing. You know, the words are coming up on the screen, and in the background they have this like kind of like stock footage, yeah, looping, That's... and it's the most amazing stuff because it is so random. Mm-hmm. And ridiculous. It's all just like random Korean people jumping into a lake. Random Korean people doing some kind of strange jig on the street. And then it's like pictures of mountains. And then it's like a picture of a temple. And it's just the, the most random assortment of stuff. And it just it looks so awful. But if you pick one of the Korean songs, because there's like 85,000 Korean songs preloaded into this thing, like K-pop songs... Then that plays like the actual music video with it, and yeah. those are those are special too. It was a really odd experience. I, I did I did enjoy it, but it's very very strange. Like the place, which is apparently one of the biggest private karaoke places in the city, it was like on the seventh floor of this building. There was no sign or anything. Like we had no idea where this place was. We walked by it like five times. The only way we knew about it was the the door number. So it's on the seventh floor of this building in Koreatown. And it was just a, it was really a very odd and wonderful experience hmm. and awkward. So it was good stuff. Uh, this week on the show, we'll be talking about Jim Jarmusch's new movie, Patterson. But it's with one T, so it's no relation to me, mm. unfo- unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it was about you, but it's not. Uh, no, unfortunately not. Uh, we'll also be talking about some movie watching on the watch list, video on demand, Blu-ray releases, movie predictions, all that fun stuff. Remember, you can join in on the conversation. Just send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net or sending us a tweet at filmpulse.net. And we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into our review. Let's just do it. Get it. Just jump in. Patterson. Feet first. This is written and directed by Jim Jarmusch. I have a synopsis here, a quiet observation of the triumphs and defeats of daily life, along with the poetry evident in its smallest details. This stars Adam Driver and Golshifta Farani. That didn't sound too bad. 
Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. So, Kevin, you're the resident Jarmusch fan fanatic. <laughs> Is that? I didn't know I had that title. Yeah, you're the Jarmusch fanatic. I'm the senior yeah. senior Jarmusch correspondent, I guess. Yeah. Is that me? We'll start with you. What did you think of Patterson? Uh, this is uh, this is an odd one, really. There's so much about this movie, execution-wise, that I just can't stand. So much of it, I just can't. Stand. I it's the, the very first time they showed the they like transposed the poetry oh. over the over the oh. <laughs> over, over the film. I was like, oh, he, I bet Kevin is just losing his mind over that as soon as it happens because not only do you have that on top of the images but then the images are like these you know they keep doing these dissolves mm-hmm. and, st- and it's just it it's really baffling like the, well also the first time also, i saw it i'm just like what the fuck is this shit also the delivery of uh, adam driver because it's it's as if he's reading it aloud as he's writing it so it's kind of broken up yeah, and the delivery just sounds a little odd because it's kind of like monotone, but he he has these breaks as if he's writing it out. But the thing is, the the words that appear on the screen they don't appear as if they're written; they just kind of fade in line by line. And I agree, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, and it's just like the first time it happens, I'm like, well, goodness, I hope that's not gonna be. Like, why couldn't they just show him writing it? Well, that's what I don't understand. You have him, you have him delivering the like. You don't really need to have the writing transposed on top, or like on the imagery, do you? It's kind just of show overkill. Because even there's one point where they have you can see his notebook, so you can see what he's, you can read what he's writing. Yeah. So you can read what's being written in the book. Then he's putting, you know, they're fading in on the screen, and then he's also delivering it vocally like it's just it's overkill at a certain point yeah and let's 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 step back a little bit so basically the film is about uh adam driver and his his wife uh he is a bus driver Mm -hmm. in the town of patterson and his name is patterson watch out yeah and he just lives his life day by day and he has kind of a Kind of a boring routine that he lives, but he he enjoys his life, I would say, and he uh, enjoys writing poetry, and and that's where the the whole poetry thing comes into play. And then his wife is kind of the free spirit of the of the duo, the couple, and she's like learning guitar, and she's re redoing the the curtains in the house, and painting, and making cupcakes, and she, she's just. She's got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, she's making stuff all day. Just creating stuff left and right. She's got a and busy And that's day. pretty much it. That's, yeah. that's just that's just. And we just go life. day by day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We just go the whole way through. So I don't know what it is about this movie, but I kind of, I was like kind of transfixed by it the whole time. I don't know. It, 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 <laughs> that's, it felt, that's, there's this. There's this tranquility mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with this movie yes. where you just kind of you just settle in and you watch this couple and and at first I was a little uneasy because I was like oh god like some like I didn't get it from the trailer or anything but I feel like something bad's going to happen to these people and I I really don't want anything bad to happen to them and there's like one kind of 
unfortunate thing that happens but yeah but in the, you know, it, the grand scheme of things it's not that bad right it's not like they get murdered by a <laughs> home invader i thought something was really bad was going to happen but that there's there's very little conflict in this movie it's it's very much like you know re- living living your real life where you don't have these giant life altering conflicts that occur every day or every week you know by and large you just go by your routine and live your life and everything is uh, normal and that's kind of what we have here and there's just there's something about it that i just kind of loved i just uh, i like the characters a lot i was i was really into this couple well it's just it's also we don't get to see it too much nowadays but it's just really enjoyable watching nice people yeah and it and it was not only that but it was just it was such a light movie too it was it, when i say light i mean it wasn't like so grim and you know horrific yeah which and and i guess i was just kind of looking for something like that but it is but it's not it is extremely tranquil because that's why i'm that's why i kind of said earlier where it's kind of it's a bit baffling to me it's a bit difficult to kind of like judge because there's so much about it execution wise this that I just I can't stand. I just can't stand it. But at the same time I'm just like you were. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, it's just an enjoyable <laughs> it's just it's this movie. It's this odd odd uh, conundrum that I find myself in. There's so much of it that I don't like on like a on a visual plane, but yet I thoroughly enjoyed it. Which just has me like it has my has my mind it's just all everything's all over the place flip-flopped i don't know what's going on anymore everything's topsy-turvy i just don't know it's all it's also interesting that when the when this unfortunate thing does occur in the movie i was thinking about like if that happened in any other movie i'd be like eh, it's not a big deal you know whatever but like i felt so bad for for them and just everything that like I, I don't know. Like I felt sad that this that this happened, and even though it's not even that big of a deal, you could just tell that like he was kind of he shrugged it off, but you could tell that he was kind of yeah. mourning mourning yeah. that loss. Yeah, it hit him. But at the same time, I couldn't help but wonder. You know, you had to you had to remember like one or two of them. You'd think so. They weren't that long. I, yeah, I know they weren't that complex. Yeah, I think that. They're pretty straightforward. Now, what'd you think of the dog? That was a good dog. It's good. It's a great dog. Uh, I've, been, I've noticed something recently, um, and this is very odd. Ever since I got a dog, and we we usually binge watch movies when the dog takes a nap. That's the, that's like when we get them in, right? And every single movie I watch now has a goddamn dog in it, <laughs> which automatically perks my dog up and makes her go crazy. And even movies that I don't. I'm like, there's no way there's gonna be a dog in this movie. It's just, it's not gonna happen. Dog in the movie plays a huge part barking, and it's just there's dogs everywhere. Well, this dog didn't make too much noise. No, Mar- Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> he, he growls a couple of times, which yeah, he, he makes some kind of whimper, whimper type noises. I do. He was he was a good dog. I want a dog like that that just kind of chills out on the chair. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just sitting there. He doesn't really do anything. He's just like hanging out. That's kind of cool. 
I love how the uh, the picture of the dog on IMDb is is him sitting in the chair <laughs> at the table. <laughs> Uh, uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. It's been a while since Jarmusch made a movie that really kind of connected with me. And this, this one really, really did it. Like, Only Lovers Left Alive was okay, but it, that didn't really grab me. Yeah. Uh, Limits of Control did not do it for me at all. This one, this one really, though, kind of redeemed him for me. I just I thoroughly enjoyed this. I did, too. I did, too. I'm still just, just like... Oh, just anytime they would do the poem stuff, it's just like stop, stop. You're ruining a great time. I'm having a great time. And now, did you have any, did you did you take issue with the poems themselves, or mostly just the delivery, like how just, they were yeah, presented? Just, just the like the incessant dissolves with putting the words up on the screen, like all that. I the poems I thought were fine. It reminded mm-hmm. me of some sort of like religious infomercial where they they have like Bible. Yeah, that's what I mean. Bible quotes <laughs> it's, coming up. Is that John three sixteen? At a certain point, it, like the first time that it, that it that it happened, it's the first occurrence was it was kind of jarring because I was like, "Holy shit, this is really amateurish." Like, is this what we're going to do this for every poem? We're not going to do this for every poem, are we? And then maybe that's, maybe they felt they did for every poem. <laughs> maybe they thought it would be easier to digest doing presenting it that way rather than having like showing him writing in the notebooks. Cause I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah. So maybe, but I think maybe he thought it'd be easier to just show, show them on the screen. I thought that like just Adam driver, you know, kind of sounded it out as he's, as he's writing. And I thought that that was enough because there was even kind of like a, a tranquility to his voice like his delivery mm-hmm. and his poems were like i mean they were pretty simple and there's just there's something nice about it it's just just nice in its simplicity yes yes uh love the end too the just everything everything that happened in the final moments that uh, was was into all of that yeah and i was i immediately thought because i knew that it was kind of based around william carlos williams and him being and his poetry and stuff and the, the main reason that i watched this movie i was like i wonder if they'll if they'll recite that one poem of his the only one i know which does happen adam driver does read that poem the one about the it's about the plums or something once yeah his boss reads it from the book so that was like my that was the thing that hooked me about this movie that was the main reason i watched it it was just to see if they would see, if they would mention that poem well Mission accomplished. <laughs> it's just me sitting there, and as soon as he starts reading it, I was like, "Yes, fuck yeah, knew it." I don't know. I don't know why that such a small thing made me so happy. I was just waiting for there to be some sort of big conflict in their relationship, you know, like a big fight, like a big blowout fight, where he's just like, you know, I drive this bus all day, and you're home <laughs> pa- painting our curtains, and making cupcakes. Yeah, but I don't even know if he can really be mad at her because everything she was doing was pretty cool looking, actually. Yeah, well, the I, uh, I was just like, how is she doing all of this? Like, all the clothing, she, yeah, all the cl- the clothing too that she made was like actually really cool, like really good. Yeah, when she was doing like the they had the curtains and everything, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, how is she doing? And how is she getting this much mileage out of like a whole black and white thing? Yeah, because everything's black and white, but everything looks so different. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those cupcakes look badass. So I'm, they look delicious. I yes. mean, if you came home, you had all the cupcakes made, that'd be pretty fantastic. Oh, and apparently, they were a hit at the farmer's market. So. Oh, she raked it in. <laughs> raked it. That, that secret pie was a bit odd. I don't know if I would like that. <laughs> yeah, was it Brussels sprouts and cheese. Was it cheese? Cheddar cheese? Cheddar cheese and Brussels sprouts. And I just love I just love the way that he responded to everything. Cause she get like every day when he would come home, she would just she'd be on to something else. Yeah. You know, she had a new dream. And he was just like, Oh, okay. Wonderful. He's like the most easygoing guy in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Just going with the flow, man. All right. Let's uh let's give this a score. Oh, this is actually a tough one to score. Um, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I'm like I'm sitting at like a seven and a half, eight on this. See, I'm kind of sitting like a seven. Sitting at like a seven. I go seven. Yeah, I'm gonna lock it in. Lock that shit in. Lock, at seven. lock it write, in at a seven. Write, write it down for me. Okay. You I'm can use pen. That. No, use pen. Write it in. All right. All right. Uh, so that is Patterson. That is in limited release on december 28th and i'm sure that i i don't know what the wide release situation is with that if it's going to be i don't think so something tells me that this one is not going to get a get a very wide release but no i would be who knows maybe it's going to get a quick vod turnaround i don't know i don't think so though i have a feeling that you know there, there there's these certain indie directors that uh, that are these well-established indie directors when they come out with a movie that just kind of sits in that middle area where it's like it's not quite mainstream enough to get a wide release but it's not like low budget not low budget but i guess um it's it's too well known to get any kind of like straight to vod release oh yeah yeah i I was trying to word that in a way that didn't sound condescending to people that you know release their stuff on vod day and date or yeah pre-theatrical or whatever all right uh, let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching on the watch list. We will start with you. What have you been watching? Mm, what haven't I been watching? Actually, a lot. I haven't been watching a lot. Um, wait, I'm waiting for the page to look back up here. Okay. I've watched uh, Mountains Made to Part, which is, uh, this is currently playing on Netflix Instant, trying to cram in all these 2016s, trying to get them in there. This is, uh, Jean-Coups, Mountains Made Apart. This is, it's quite interesting where it takes place. It's the story of a woman's life and it takes place in three different time periods. So it's 1999, 2014, and then in the future, 2025. All right. Now, and then for each mm-hmm. different time period, we're using different aspect ratios. And, and it's just, it felt like in the 1999, he uses some archival footage, but he blends it in with his film to like match the archival footage like you you almost can't even tell so on that in that aspect it's really interesting and it's extremely well done the execution of it is great story in 1999 is great it's essentially starts out as a love triangle two guys both interested in this girl she's gonna make a decision one guy he's rich he's got everything going on for him the other guy he, he works the helmet store at the at the local mine so he's he's not rolling in the dough or anything. The helmet store. <laughs> he works at the helmet store is what they call it. I don't know if it's really a store, though. I think you just, it's like a giant locker where the miners come up and they're like, here's my helmet. And he puts it away. 
And then I, oh, okay. And then I guess when they start their shift, he get he hands them out. I imagined like a little like a little <laughs> corner store where all they sold was helmets. I he'd probably make more money that way. But it more, uh, in all honesty, it kind of seems like a like a needless middleman. Like, can't the workers just put their own helmets into a cubby hole? I don't yeah, know anyway. Why, well, I don't know why you really need this guy to do it. But anyways, that's his job. Uh, some things don't go his way. So, And then you jump into the 2014. And then everything from ni- in the 1999 and the 2014 section is fantastic. When it jumps into the 2025, everything kind of kind of falls apart. It's just it becomes rather uninteresting. Uh, their 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 son is kind of like grown up, and they live in like Australia now. So he's like he's like a modern kid, and they use the same actors, you know, throughout. So his dad, they decide, I guess, like a little old man makeup and a mustache, and it's just it kind of it's slightly comical, and everything just kind of falls apart in the twenty twenty five section. It's still a solid movie. It's just. Hmm. You just don't want to end on a high note. So I would, I, I, I still recommend it. It's still a solid film. It's just a little, little sketchy in the end there. All right, and that's Mountains May Depart. I saw American Honey. Uh-uh. Uh Finally got around to seeing this. It's been, I've been wanting to see it since it came out, but uh, for some reason it eluded me. This is directed by Andrea Arnold. Uh, loved it. Holy crap! Did I love this movie? This is. Definitely one of my top top movies of the year. Uh, solid performances all around. Uh, I I don't know this for a fact. I didn't do a lot of research about this movie, but I I'm assuming that most of the people are non actors in this movie, uh, and every everybody did a pretty solid job. Basically, it's uh, about this girl who has a very troubled home life, and she's trying to take care of her younger siblings. And things are just not going her way. And she ends up meeting this group of kids that are traveling across the country selling magazine subscriptions. Now, I'm sure that you've been approached by one of these kids before in your life, people selling magazine subscriptions. I've never had this. I don't know. This is a Really? Yeah. You never had that happen? Nobody like knocked on your door or walked up to you and they have this like laminated book thing that has a whole list of magazines and they, they're all they always say that they're trying to raise money for I, some I, kind of class trip or something i've always seen it in like tv shows and movies but i've never actually experienced this i just thought it was kind of like a like a made-up thing for the no it's it's a real thing TV I mean, it, or something yeah it's it's happened to me uh several times but any at any rate she joins up with these people and they go across the country and try to sell magazine subscriptions and she, Shia LaBeouf is one of the uh, people that is uh, one of the sellers, one of the salesmen. And she kind of falls in love with him and sort of falls in love with him. She falls for him, we'll say that. And then various terrible things happen. And it's, uh, it's just fantastic. It's, it's sort of like, uh, kind of reminds me, it's very trashy. It's, very, it's a very white trash movie, which naturally, you know, attracts me towards, towards it. Uh, it's got a great, great slash terrible soundtrack. Like it's terrible, but it's great. You know, a lot of I would compare that. It's like Spring Breakers. Okay, okay. And the movie kind of reminds me of uh, a more, more, a less sensationalized 
uh, Spring Breakers. Uh, it's pretty long. It's like 162 minutes, which was a surprise. I'm out. Yeah, I, I'm not. It, I'm not really sure. Like, it, it didn't feel long because I was just you're, so. You're into. I was so into it. I mean, a lot of it feels like lots of music video type scenes where they're just singing and dancing and there's you know slow motion and lots of those kind of scenes which i'm i'm all for i I don't really know if you'll be into this one or not i can't i don't know how you'll read this one because it could really go either way i think yeah that's why i'm i'm still interested because of it being andrea arnold and robbie ryan doing the cinematography so i know i know that i'll at least have that aspect yeah to get hooked on the cinematography is great. It's got this kind of, you know, uh, dirty, gritty, uh, rural vibe to it. Lots of strip malls and desolate highways and everything that I love. So it, it's uh, it's a high, highly recommended. Uh, one of the year's best movies, I think. Mm. Well, I have, for me, one of the year's best movies, and that's Kylie Blue's um, from this year, from uh, let me see here, Gone By is the name of the director. Um, now, I've been wanting to see this thing for ages. Back when I had Festival Scope, it came up, and I was like, man, this movie looks interesting. I haven't heard anything, I'd never heard about it back then when it first popped up. I was like, played its first festival or whatever. And then everyone was like, oh my God, this movie's great. It's so great. Oh my God, this movie is great. It's a, um, one of the best debuts. And I was like, God damn it, why didn't I watch it when I had the chance? So finally come back around, finally get to see it. And damn, this movie is fantastic. Um, There is a certain section of the movie where he forgets to cut. Like he forgets to cut. And it's just a single take for 35 minutes. Oh. And uh, it's quite something. It is quite something. Because it's just essentially like him... Right in front, like the main character is on a motorbike. It's just him driving to his destination. Camera one, he gets to his destination, walks around, interacts with some people, gets in the truck. And then the truck stops, he gets off, he gets on another motorbike. And it's just go- he's traveling throughout this like village. And there's at one point where he's on the motorbike and the, the camera's following behind him, but the camera jumps off, takes a right as they keep going forward, takes a shortcut through the alley. And then heads up, meets up with them again, like as they're coming down the road. It's just, it was something. And even before, I should say, but even before the the one, you know, the single take or whatever, it was, it was it's just, it was fantastic. I mean, the cinematography is great. The, int- the, the narrative is interesting. It's really compelling cinema. And then you throw that on top of it, like halfway in, where it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And you're just like, wait a second, this guy hasn't cut for a while. And then, you know, so, you know, you're like, it's like a, at the hour and 10 minute mark. And you're like, wait, he hasn't cut since 55 minutes. Like, this is ridiculous. But it's it plays into he's like looking for his nephew. And there's just all these where he's kind of like having these dreams and it kind of bleeds into reality. And he's interacting with people from his past and people from his future. And you're not quite sure who's who. It's just, I mean, for a debut. Oh, my goodness. It is. It is impressive. Cool. So I highly suggest that one. I think you would love it, actually. It sounds like I would. I think that I would love it. So that's Kylie Blues. How is this? Is this available on like VOD or something? Or I, I, a screener. 
Oh. Okay. So oh, most people that want to see it will not be able to. <laughs> yeah. So my apologies. All right. Uh, let's see. I saw Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, shit. Really? I did. That uh, worked out for you. It, it worked out very nicely. All right. It, it's, uh, it's solid. It's a solid entry in the Star Wars universe. Uh, starts off great. Packs, packs a really big punch at the beginning. Gets you amped up. And then it kind of just drops off. Uh, while they're assembling the team, so to speak, they're introducing all these characters. It's a lot of characters in Rogue One. I mean, so they have to introduce all of these characters and establish some sort of semblance of a backstory so that we at least have some kind of connection to these people. And then during that, it just kind of really, the pace just slows to a crawl. And it's still, it was still enjoyable, but I, I, there were times where I was just like, okay, we need something to happen here. This, let's get this going. But then when the kind of big confrontation happens towards the final act, it, it just it ramps up really quickly, and it is extremely satisfying. Uh, the, the action is, is really, really top-notch. Donnie Yen is awesome in it. He plays this kind of blind monk-type person. And uh, he just, he kicks all kinds of ass. And uh, Felicity Jones, solid in it. She plays a really great protagonist. It wasn't necessarily what I expected, but that's not a bad thing. I didn't love it. It wasn't like one of my favorite movies of the year or anything like that. And I still think that Force Awakens was better, but it was a very different movie. This is a lot smaller scale although there's some really you know big action scenes that that take place either way i'd still recommend it forrest whitaker plays a really weird character in it but fortunately he's not in it that much does he do an odd voice he does a really weird voice and i didn't like it he does this kind of like raspy <clears throat> the wheezy voice and i don't know i just it seems like that he's got to do a voice and everything now it's just, it's very weird. Uh, Alan Tudyk played the, the android, and he was kind of the comic relief, and he was great. The, the, the android, I can't remember the name of the android. It's like K-something. But K2 he was... K2SO? K2SO? Yeah, fantastic. Added some very much-needed levity to, this, to the movie. Uh, ben Mendelsohn is the villain. You know, I mean, we've seen Ben Mendelsohn play villain, villain villainous roles before and he nails it as as per usual and uh darth vader is back and the scenes with i mean granted most of you probably know he's not going to be in it a lot but the scenes that he is in he just he nails it <laughs> such a badass i'm pretty excited for this one yeah i i think that uh gareth edwards was a good choice and it's it's really weird though because at the beginning doesn't necessarily look like a Star Wars movie, but it has the music accompanying it that's very, very much uh, derivative of the all, all of the other s- scores, you know. And so it just had this kind of weird vibe to it, but it eventually kind of evens out and, and it settles in. The space battles look awesome. They The way that they're shot, they look exactly like the original trilogy like the cockpit views and stuff. And that, that was, I was just eating that up. So <laughs> oh, it's, boy. 
Yeah, it's definitely recommended. Don't don't just don't expect it to be the best Star Wars movie ever or anything like that. It's it's solid. I think so. It's good. Yeah, it's good yeah. enough. It's it's weird. It's like there's this such such high expectations for these these new Star Wars movies. It's like it's okay if it's like a seven and a half. You know what I mean? Like it's it doesn't have it doesn't have to be the best movie of the year. Well, you also gotta remember it's not gonna be you're not going to be able to recreate the original Star Wars because Star Wars didn't exist when the original Star Wars came out. Like That was the whole thing. That's why it was so big, because it never existed. Like You're not going to be able to recreate that, so you shouldn't be expecting that. Quit it. Right, manage, exactly. Manage those expectations. Come on. Still definitely worth seeing, and it's another solid entry in the, in the series, so definitely check out Rogue One. Um... I have another one to check out, and it's short. It's only 10 minutes long. It's called Project X. You can watch this sucker on uh, Field of Vision, my website, that documentary website. I watched this as well. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of my favorites from the year. It's so ominous and haunting and kind of terrifying, and it's just so simple. It's just, you know, nighttime shots of, like, abandoned places just from the front of the car. Just a camera mounted on the front of the car, just driving around. You got Remy Malik just uh, reading good from choice. reading from an NSA like handbook guide or whatever. It is a good choice. He has a really like he has a dead voice. Yeah, it was he. Did, he's doing the Mister Robot voice. That's yeah. what it was. And he just does that that monotone that he can do. I don't know what it is, but that it just it it blocks into like a certain register in my mind. That just tells me that what I'm listening to is it's really ominous. It could be, well, you know what I mean. It could just be like reading off his grocery list, and I would still be like, "Shit, this <laughs> is not going to end well. Mm. Something terrible is going to fucking happen." Carton of eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two percent milk. <laughs> oh my god! It's just I found this to be uh, just highly interesting too. And just some of the shots, especially when they show, because it's about the the I get what's called Titan Point, mm-hmm. this bit, Titan this, Point. this windowless skyscraper in Manhattan that's just essentially home to machines and a couple like a handful of workers, I don't know, I which I've seen before, and I never knew what that was. Which I, yeah, and it's funny because it's been around for so long, and it's just like man, I'm I'm surprised I've never heard of this before, and maybe I didn't just didn't really care. But there's that one, you know, that one shot where at the end where they show kind of like the skyline and all the buildings are lit up and it's just, that building's just pitch black. I know, it's it's crazy. It's like something out of a science fiction movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that it's real. It's just like, oh my God, it's like a black hole. What and it's f- called Titan Point. I mean, what a what a crazy just, sci-fi name for a building, Titan Point. So, I mean... I highly recommend the short. It's 10 minutes, but man, is it well done. And then to follow it up, there's a, an accompanying like a, like an article about it, which is really interesting. Kind of goes through the history of it, like the architect and stuff. And it was, one of the main interesting things to me is that AT&T's uh, code name from the government is lithium, which I don't know why, yeah. but that's just, I find that humorous. Wasn't there, there was, there was also code names for the, the operations that they ran out of Titan Point too. Blarney was one of them called Blarney or something. Yeah, yeah. Because then Michelle Williams comes on there for a little bit. Yeah, and there there was some 
Yeah, those were kind of weird and creepy too. And just when like when he when he's talking and he just he throws in the redacted. It's just it's, redacted. It's just it was she, jarring. Pick up the keys from the co- filing cabinet outside of redacted. Yeah. It's just it was something. Yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out Project X. It's interesting, it's scary. It's... Yeah, that I mean it's just from Malik reading the fucking manual. With some nighttime shots, and I'm just like, this is this is scaring me. This is really scary. And I'm not even into like the whole NS. Like, I figured when the internet came out, I was just like, oh, well, they're watching us constantly. I mean, it just got easier. They've been spying on people for ages. Like, it just got right. easier. So I don't really like care all that much. But even when we were like watching this, I was just like terrified. And I don't, I'm not even that worked up about that kind of stuff. Yes, it's it's very creepy, very creepy. Uh, again, it's called Project X, not the Matthew Broderick chimp movie and not the party movie. It's a different Project X. It's a very, very different Project X. And uh, you can you can check that out for free online. So yeah, go watch it. Uh, anything else for you? I have one more, and that's Nocturnal Animals. Got to see this oh. at the. Oh. Uh, a couple, two things. Uh, number one, like bef- before the movie, there was like ten, like ten previews, and they just never stopped. Like it was just one trailer oh. after another. And I'm I was sorry, just, I, I didn't. I don't shit. mean to interrupt you, but I forgot to mention that I saw Star Wars at the newly opened Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. And what they did, first of all, they had a special Star Wars menu that was in the shape of a Death Star, and they had, like, themed um, food that you could buy. Uh, And then they also... I got a Mondo pint glass for going, which is really cool looking. And then they uh, had, like, you know, before the movies at Alamo Draft House, they show, like, weird weird film clips and commercials and stuff. Well, it was all Star Wars stuff. So they, they played, like, old 80s ads for star wars action figures and stuff and then they would play fan films like like comic like sketches and stuff all all themed around star wars it was awesome it was was really cool Hmm. but anyway sorry go ahead i don't know what i was talking about now there were many trailers there were there were endless amounts of trailers before nocturnal animals honestly like we almost left because like the movie started 11 it was the 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 time was 11.35. It was supposed to start. It didn't start until 12. Like, there was so many. Like, I saw so many trailers for all terrible, terrible movies. They all look bad. They just look awful. La La Land looks terrible. Passengers looks terrible. The new Fifty Shades movie looks absolutely god-awful. There's that monster, a monster calls or whatever. That looks terrible. It's just all terrible movies. Yeah, those. That's not a good lineup. No, and then the other interesting thing was if this was at a Regal, and they recently redid their seats, which I heard about. That people were like, "Oh, they have recliners now." What I didn't realize is that they're really into the recliners. Like when you pull into the parking lot, there's a giant sign out front. It doesn't advertise what movies they're playing. It's just a giant sign that says uh, "Lights, Camera, Recline" in big letters. So they are really excited about their recliners. Mm. and as they and, should be because they were fucking unbelievable it's like a couch like everyone got a chase lounge it was amazing yeah uh, there's amc prime does that where they have the freaking 
It's like you're sitting in lazy a lazy boy, yeah. basically. It's ridiculous. Like the leg room. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. And I say all this because Nocturnal Animals was fucking terrible. That's why I say, <laughs> like that was the best part. Is I could have took, I could have taken a, a, just an amazing nap, and I really wish I did because Nocturnal Animals is just god awful. It is terribly, terribly written. It's, I mean, maybe one of the worst screenplays of this year, and just the the line delivery of some of the things too. Like some of the things that comes out of Jake Gyllenhaal's mouth are just, I just started laughing. It's it's bad. It's really bad because it's this kind of like film within a film where Amy Adams, she runs this like gallery and whatever. Jake Gyllenhaal was her first husband. They haven't talked in 19 years. Jake Gyllenhaal finally wrote a book, sent it to her to see what she thinks. So whenever she reads the book, it goes into this, the film where the book kind of plays out with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Shannon and stuff. And it's this gritty thriller and everything. So as she's reading it, and things get too much, it comes back into her world. So a lot of the film is just Jake Joan Hall doing his thing with Michael Shannon and these, you know, crazy people in Texas that ran him off the road. So every time that it came out of that, it's just Amy Adams like taking her glasses off and just being like, oh, this book is too much. But just not saying anything because she's just by herself. So she's just, you know, pantomiming that to us. So it, it just like after a while, it just kind of gets funny because it just keeps cutting back to her, like taking her classes off and being like kind of flustered by this book. And it's just like, this is this is kind of ridiculous. And the whole like the lead up to everything, everything that it's building towards to like the very, very final scene is just I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but it's such a anticlimactic thing that you can't help but wonder like did we really thought we had to tell this story like this is it this is what you invested all your time into and all these people and all this money and it was that i mean it's just it's bad well i'm glad i didn't go see that one then yeah and don't the only interesting thing is tom ford because i've always had this problem where i think isla fisher looks exactly like amy adams i know and yeah. in this movie movie he does that because amy adams is reading in the book and the book there's kind of like a fictitious version of her and when it goes when it cuts to the 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 book being played out jake Hall's wife and that is isla fisher so like the yeah, first time i saw that that's that's so, funny so the first time i have i was like ah yeah i'm not the only one but then that i mean that's it everything else is kind of garbage mm, unfortunate so that's nocturnal animals that's playing in theaters right now let's move on talk about some predictions uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I did not write down our predictions again this week. Wait, what, so, is, what did it end up being? It, it got an 84%. Which I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said was 84. I think I said like 86 or something. I, I know that we were both in, I think we, in that yeah, range. I think we were. Yeah. Uh, just to look at some other numbers here. Manchester by the Sea, which I think went wide this weekend, got uh, sitting at a 97%. Collateral Beauty got a 14. Solace. I didn't even realize that came out. Got a 23. And Naruta got a 95. There's a part of me that wants to see this Collateral Beauty. <laughs> just, this I mean, just just the name. The name alone what kind of it? makes me angry. I've, also, I've been seeing, too, is that it's just batshit insane. It just looks so dumb. I know. So dumb. 
All right. <clears throat> Next week. We got a we got a lot of stuff coming out. We got Assassin's Creed. What are you thinking about this one? This is a big question mark for me. Like I want it to be good. I'm yearning for this to be good on multiple levels. Because I'm, I'm kind of there with you. We need a good video game movie adaptation. Uh, like I liked the Silent Hill movie. That's that was okay. But it's like we need one that's actually really good. Like one that just breaks through and is well received critically. And then the the other level is that there's a lot of people in this that I really yeah. like. Well, and then there's the other thing for me too is that I'm going to the movie theater to see it, so I'm going to be investing time and money into this thing. So I don't want to be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like I just want everything yeah. to work out. I just I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy myself. I didn't even. I just realized today for the first time that Brendan Gleeson is in this too. Oh, good. oh man, good gracious. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking on Assassin's Creed? Mm-hmm. This is gonna. This is a tough one to call. It could go either way. I mean, it's it could be a complete disaster, or it could be you know something that that transcends the video game curse. I'm gonna say like a sixty-eight. I'll say I'll, I'll be positive. I'll be throwing out positive vibes, and I'll say a seventy-six. Something tells me the critics are they're gonna go into it hating it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think there's gonna be a part of that. Uh, we have. Passengers. This is the one with uh, with uh, Chris Pratt and and um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Sorry, drew blank there. Uh, not not into this one. Michael Sheen's in there too. I always like Michael Sheen, but this one's just not not doing it for me. I'm not I'm not into this one. I'll say forty two. Forty two. I I my favorite part of that trailer is when the, the Sheen robot malfunctions and just smashes its head on the bar. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, I think that's the funniest thing I've seen this year. Uh, and I think it's going to be awful. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 40. All right. And then we have Sing. This is the animated one that looks utterly atrocious to me. Yeah. I had saw some advertisement for it where it was like, I guess there's a mouse in it. It's like a suave mouse. And it was like, Mr. Steal Your Girl. And I'm like, it's an animated mouse. Like if my, if my girl leaves me for an animated mouse, she's got fucking problems. Have at it. It's just a weird way to advertise a movie. It just, it just looks so, so bad on so many levels. What do you think about Sing? Uh, 27. I'll say 36 on this one. All right, Patriot's Day. This is the Peter Berg... Mark Wahlberg. Now, I don't know if, if all of these are getting a wide release because this is that weird time time of year where some stuff is getting a limited release so that it, it mm-hmm. qualifies. Some stuff is getting wide. It's it's weird. So Patriot's Day, don't know if it's coming out wide or not. Uh, this is one with Mark Wahlberg, the Boston Marathon. One that I'm... Uh, it looks like it is getting a limited release. So it's limited for this one. Uh, I will say, oh man, I don't know. Peter Berg, Eesh. I'll say fifty six. Mm, I say forty nine. Uh, also, in limited release, we have the autopsy of Jane Doe. I'm interested in this one. This one seems kind of weird. Julieta Dangle, why him? I don't know if that's that might be getting a wide release. That's the one with Brian Cranston and James Franco. Oh my God, yes. 
Yeah, we don't we don't need to predict that. It's gonna be bad. Um a monster calls that's getting a limited release too. Uh as you said, this one's not doing it for me either. No, it just looks another Felicity Jones. It it looks like uh kind of like a Pan's Labyrinth, basically. It's about a kid who escapes into his imaginary world in order to cope with uh his mother who is dying. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm now, sure we know, we know how that's gonna play out. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna learn so many things. So many great. things are gonna be learned from Liam Neeson as a, a figment of his imagination. Oh, I wish I wish Liam Neeson was my imaginary monster friend. That would be pretty cool. And he would teach me life lessons. Uh, Silence is getting a limited release. The new Scorsese. Uh oh! Watch out. The one that you're just railing against. I'm this. I'm such an enemy of silence. It's a fucking garbage movie. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go see it. That was that was uncalled for. It just does not look good to me. It's. I mean, the subject matter alone isn't something that makes me want to seek it out. But just, you know, we're in this we're in this part of the year where you just gotta. You know what I mean? You gotta be honest with yourself. We're getting inundated with with 2016 releases here, and you just gotta prioritize things and. You know, I took one look at it, and guess what? Goes to the bottom of the list. Sorry, so the things that look more promising to me. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, like I Daniel Blake. This one interests me. So look at that. I mean, we just just named like five or six movies. Yeah, the I Daniel Blake's the new Ken Loach one. Interested in that. And then we have Fences. This is on December 25th. This is the Denzel Washington, Viola Davis one that doesn't appeal to me. Live by Night. That's the uh, Ben Affleck one, I believe. Ben Affleck is doing a voice in that one. Yeah, uh, that's the Ben Affleck directed one, too. So yeah. that, that, that has me interested. A gangster movie. It's been a while since we've had a decent gangster movie. I, just, I don't know if I'll get past him doing the voice accent. This is like a... What a, what a is he doing like a Bostonian accent? I'm not sure what it is. Because he's done. Because he does that plenty. I'm just not. I'm not 100 percent sure what what he's doing, and it's just really even in the trailer, it's really hard for me to get over it. Because there's like action happening, and cars flipping and shit, and I'm just like, what is that voice supposed to be? That's what occupies my brain during during all the cinematic stuff. Yeah, I could probably get past the voice. I think it looks cool. I mean, I hope it's good. Uh, VOD next week. We only got one. This is Risky Drinking, comes out on the 19th. This is an HBO documentary, so it'll be on HBO. That's it. Due to the holiday, there is nothing on VOD. And the same can be said about Blu-ray for the most part. Next week, uh, December 20th, we have The Magnificent Seven, Sully, Hellraiser, The Scarlet Box, 1987 to 1992. Watch out. Yeah. Just just put them all. I know I know. there's probably like weird licensing stuff, but just put all the damn movies in one box set. I'm not, I will not buy a box set that's not complete. Sorry, I just won't do it. I remember there was a Child's Play box set that came out years, years ago, and it had all of them except for like the first one. It was like two, three, Bride, Seed, and it's like, no. When you come out with one that has all of them, then I'll buy it. And yeah. guess what? They did, and I bought it. Hopefully someone this learned one, a lesson there. This one has Hellraiser, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. So it's only three freaking movies. There's like 25 Hellraiser movies. So 
That's it's just it's it does yeah it does seem to be lacking a couple of titles in there. I mean they're all garbage. Any like the the newer ones are garbage, but it's just it's the point. It's like I'm not gonna buy some kind of incomplete box set. Anyway, enough of this. Enough of my rant. Uh, <laughs> Sully comes out. You gonna catch that one? Probably not. I mean, it's sometime probably, but I probably won't squeeze it. It got it went to the bottom of the list. I'm sorry. I don't need to. Is, so is it above or below Silence? Hmm. I think it's tied. With... <laughs> tied for the bottom. It's a race to the bottom. No, the bottom's Swiss Army Man. Uh, no, no, you know what? Bottom La La Land. Because there's, no, yeah, there's no way of watching that shit. Just fucking, I threw up twice during the trailer. I just, I have a feeling that I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I'm gonna like it. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna. I didn't get a screener for it, so I don't know if I'll even bother. Anyway, uh, 31 comes out. That's the Rob Zombie disaster. Magnificent Seven. Uh, I was not a big fan of that. Hitchcock Truffaut. That's the documentary about the. Uh, the interview between Hitchcock and Truffaut. Excellent. Uh, highly recommend that one. Uh, and that's pretty much it, actually. Oh, Storks, that uh, animated movie with Andy Samberg. Yeah, and funny enough, like everyone that I've heard like talk about Storks, they've, they've talked about how much they liked it. Oh, clearly you're talking to the wrong people. Well, I know. I'm just I'm talking about like what I've heard on the radio and whatnot. Yeah, I just uh, don't nothing about that interested me so any criterions next week no i mean they're just like holiday break they're not there i don't think they're coming out with anything until like second week of january Take a nice holiday break yeah. Criterion. it's fucking lazy that's what it is all right well i think that that's gonna do it for this week thank you so much for tuning in you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>